Howdy. This podcast contains explicit content. We do our best to announce potential triggers. Sources can always be found in the episode notes and picture references can be seen on our Instagram at the dog hair is free. Use the same handle at the dog hair is free to find us on all other social media platforms. Ratings and reviews really help expose the podcast to new listeners. So we'd really appreciate you all taking the time to leave us a note. Thanks for your time. The dog hair is free. That was a un- that was very unique. Yeah. Yeah, that was very different. Hmm. It did get a little loud in the middle part, so maybe mm-hmm. in post, just kind of like, ee, yeah, I just can, a little bit. I can bust it out. Um, but it was really cool. Cool. Yeah, I thought that was really unique, really interesting. Nothing that I've heard you produce before. So hmm. I um I got to play around with the well, I always get to i guess but i figured out how to play around with the filter effect Mm. um but to like record it while you're doing stuff so i don't know i'm just it's hard to explain but i'm diving deeper into ableton every time i do a track and figuring Mm -hmm. out how to do like i really like that part but i think it'd be cool if it went Mm -hmm. and like opened up Mm -hmm. and i figured out how to do that with that track so like with the drum track that uh filter you're still sniffling. I need you to stop. <laughs> I need you to sort it out. I'm, I'm, I'm comfy. I'm getting comfy. Comfy equals sniffly? Yeah. Well, I have my tea up and it's it's the steam in my face and everything. Anyway, I'll try not to sniffle okay. too much. Yeah. Control yourself. <laughs> <laughs> um, today's episode is on Lemuria. Yeah. Yeah. You, I know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Roman lemur ghost festival. God, I'm I'm glad you know too. I'm I'm just kidding. It's not any of that at all. Okay. Yeah. So how did I learn of this? Hmm. The like weird descent into this topic begins with my very ambitious task of trying to create my own tarot deck. <laughs> Mm-hmm. tarot being like like card you know for for just like convenience right now like fortune telling card stuff mm-hmm. so i wanted to make my own deck based off of the rider weight smith tarot system but with monkeys. monkeys because there are no monkeys yeah i remember this project yes by the way monkey in my vocabulary is all primates lemurs apes new world old world all of them. Colloquial? Is that the, the word we're looking for? <laughs> I don't know. They're all monkeys to me. When we say monkey, we mean ooh, ooh, ah, ah. Ooh, ooh, ee, ee. ee. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I first started with the magician card, which is, it's not the first one. The first one is the fool, but the number one, the fool is zero. Number one is the magician. 
I did not like the way that I drew that card. Mm-hmm. And then the next one is the High Priestess, which I did like. And then for whatever reason, I skipped ahead to the Death card. I don't remember why. I think I was just getting impatient. Mm-hmm. Um, this is also like over a year ago at this point, so I don't really remember. Yeah. Well, you follow the you follow the inspiration. You follow where it yeah. takes you. And if you get a cool idea for something at the moment, then that's what you do. That's you told me the idea behind this uh, episode, and I was I don't remember what you said exactly. We were at sushi, and you were like, uh, you, you said something like the next episode is going to be um, ghost lemurs or yeah, something like yeah. that. And I was like Roman Roman holiday ghost lemurs. And I was like, awesome, <laughs> I great great prompt yeah. to work with as far as a track goes. Yep, but I don't know what about that says ghost lemurs. I don't know. I don't think <laughs> it was just cool and unique. Well, right, and that's what I'm. Lemurs saying. are cool and unique. Okay, however you want to spin it, <laughs> but that's what I'm saying is you just go where your gut tells you, go yeah. where your inspiration tells you. I I had this like concept that started where I wanted to use the ring-tailed lemur with a skull for the death card, mm-hmm. and I it, this is like one of those situations where it's like what came first, the chicken or the egg? Because like I, it could have been by like process of creativity that i meandered into wanting to use a ring-tailed lemur or if it's just that i saw the black and white stripes on its tail and was like that's it mm. um because i had this whole idea of making the tail kind of like optical illusion morph into like the teeth of the skull mm-hmm. i don't remember the artist i really should have looked it up because i was thinking about it while i wrote this but you know that like weird optical illusion type of photo with like the naked bodies and it's like creating the skull and like the little feet are the the teeth yeah 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 i'm sure it's very popular mm-hmm. so like i'm sure if you like just put that sentence in google into google you'd see it but that sentence naked lady feet skull, skull. yeah i'm sure you would get really great and, and send <laughs> us what you find <laughs> please don't um so it was a it was a very ambitious task. Just that one card alone, not even the whole project. Like this one card, where I'm like, I'm gonna do this optical illusion. Like, mm-hmm. It's like, please calm down. And welcome to every project you've ever ever done ever. It wasn't easy, which meant that it wasn't fun. And uh, why do anything that challenges me? <laughs> so at some point, whether it's at at the beginning or in the throes of realizing that I bitten off more than i can chew i started to research the lemur um maybe i could get some like inspiration Hmm. um or at least learn about them and so that's when i learned that the name lemur is derived from the latin word lemores lemores which is means ghosts basically Hmm. specifically the like restless and angry ones Hmm. um that that need exercising (laughs) not not the chill not the chill ghosts not the, the chill ancestral ghosts that are like coming through via oracle the way, <laughs> the way you said that too like the ghosts that need exercise like the non-chill ghosts that need to exercise <laughs> like they're small children that are just running amok around the house and the parents just watching them like those kids need exercise those, that child needs to be exercised <laughs> get, them, get them to a gym let them run around so uh, and so, yes, specifically the angry ones, even more specifically, the ones that are exercised on the ancient Roman festival of Lemuria. Hmm. Um, so, yes, we have ghosts, we have monkeys, we have ancient Roman history, we have exorcisms, 
and we have poetry and we have motherfucking Carl Linnaeus again making another appearance because we just can't leave him alone. Carl Linnaeus from. Well, I. Wait. We said another appearance. Yes. So he's been in a, a, a previous episode. He has. Was it the uh, three? I don't know the numbers. Catherine? Catherine Crow? No. 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 <laughs> no. No. Stupid. <laughs> Wait. Where's it? Where's he from? Um, taxonomy. Oh, all the times that we talked about taxonomy across the. We had okay. a whole fucking section on taxonomy. Multiple times. Uh, I don't remember which episode. In the though. spider episode and the the spider episode and the dinosaur episode. That's what. Yes. Um, but hold. I forget. You forget. Hold on to Carl. We'll come back to Carl. I'm holding him. Um, but first, let's talk about lemurs. Mm-hmm. Um. We're going to pass right over tarot. I know I kind of like to break like all of the things that I talk about in the intro down a little bit, but like I'm just going to totally skip over the tarot stuff cuz like that's Are you going to put your uh the like drafts, like the versions of your cards that you have up on the Instagram? No. I think you should. <laughs> no, I think you should. I I thought about maybe the one that I liked, the high priestess, but like even then it's like eh. <laughs> Um, but yeah, we're not going to talk about tarot today. Maybe another time, maybe another day, because that could be a whole thing on its own. Mm-hmm. I'm sourcing this ne- next part from the San Diego Zoo site um, and a cool book that I got for Christmas um, called Primates, Primates of the World mm-hmm. by Jean-Jacques Peter, Peter, Peter. and Francois <laughs> de Bordes, de Bordes, D-E-S-B-O-R-D-E-S, de Bordes. Day. Because the French just like <laughs> cut off. They yeah, they don't pronounce like entire halves of words. Um so lemurs are a type of prosimian, mm-hmm. meaning they're a type of primate that evolved before monkeys and apes. Uh they're generally smaller in size and have the body similar to a typical like actual monkey, like a capuchin, like that kind of mm-hmm. uh ratio, like bodily ratio. And, and they range in size. Some are small enough to crawl around in the palm of your hand. And then the largest are about the size of a large house cat, like 10 pounds. Mm-hmm. They have five digits on the front and back limbs and sometimes have longer back limbs for jumping. The tail is not prehensile, meaning it, it can't like grab on to stuff or hold weight. Mm-hmm. The face is similar to a mouse or a fox. Typically, the smaller ones resemble a mouse and then the larger ones resemble foxes. Mm-hmm. Because of this, lemurs fall under the category of wet-nosed primates, hmm. which means that they have a wet nose like a dog's or like a fox or a mouse. <laughs> All lemurs in the world are native to Madagascar. Nifty. The reason for that is is still kind of up for debate, but this is what we'll talk about is something that's a, that I found pretty common across the board. So before we like go into the theory part, I want to talk about prehistoric times. <laughs> what? I've been dying to point it out. I saw a video mm-hmm. and it was a bunch of lemurs walking around and uh-huh. their little troop following each other. Uh-huh. And someone was playing the video backwards. Uh-huh. And, <laughs> and the caption was something like, did you know that if you watch lemurs uh, run around together and you play it in backwards if you play it backwards, um, they look like a bunch of little brontosauruses because their tails are like <laughs> <Stupid>. <laughs> up in the air. 
<laughs> That's ridiculous. It 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 was pretty funny and very cute. And now I have two reasons to like lemurs. I'm gonna continue <laughs> to divert uh-huh. from this. Your fucking glasses. <laughs> <laughs> what about? You look like motherfucking. I am not a motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> What's his name? God damn it. What's his fucking name? Mm-hmm. The the dude from Jurassic Park. Um, Jeff Goldblum. Jeff character? Goldblum. Why can't <laughs> I not fucking think? I was like, it's one syllable. One syllable. Yeah. <laughs> Life uh, finds a way. But John... John Goldblum. John Goldblum. Jeff Mr. Goldblum. Mr. Goldblum. Yeah, because it's like it's the square glasses and they're like they're not like sunglasses, but they're like the transitionals. Mm-hmm. <sighs> they're not transitional. They're they're my computer glasses. I know, but they're they're not like totally sunglasses, what which makes you think transitionals because it it's yeah, like yeah. indoors and they're dark. True. Well, I'll tell you one thing. And the way that it's portioned on your face and then like you're like gap tooth. It, I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> Go on. What else is wrong with me? There's nothing wrong with Wife you. Wife of mine. I love Jeff Goldblum. I think he's great. I enjoy I, him immensely. I wish you were Jeff Goldblum. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just fucking with me. Yeah. I also can't tell where you're looking, which is fucking with me. I'm looking directly at you. Okay. Um, no, I I need to wear these because, again, we talked about it a little bit but on your way back here to do the episode. <laughs> when I walked in and I was like, <laughs> what are those? <laughs> <laughs> no, because um, no, I was back here playing games that one night. And <laughs> it looked like you were crying. Yeah, and you were like, are you okay? And I was like, yeah, I just played like a 25 minute round of a game and and i didn't blink the whole time mm-hmm. so yeah if i'm not gonna blink i need to at least shield my eyes from mm-hmm. the from the computer light yeah i mean can you tell that i'm like i have a hard time with change yeah <laughs> I'm like throwing a tantrum why are you wearing glasses welcome everyone <laughs> welcome to mine and jess's relationship <laughs> oh my god you're wearing pants <laughs> I wear pants every day. Yeah, but today you're wearing pants. Those pants. I'm not used to seeing those pants. Those pants. I think that's actually a conversation we had where you came in and you had like rolled up your pants and I was like, are you sure? (laughs) (laughs) Why are you doing that? (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Sorry. We'll stop. Um, So yeah, uh, Madagascar theories. So back in prehistoric times when the major continents we know today were still connected into a supercontinent. One of those was called Pangaea. Gondwana. Oh. Yeah. Pangaea was like when they were all together. Mm. Um, but at a certain point, they started breaking apart, and Gondwana is one of those. That's what That's what bats drop when they're <laughs> Gondwana. <laughs> Gondwana. So Gondwana had formed during the late Neoprotozoic, yeah, Neoprotozoic period and would begin breaking up during the Jurassic period. So like dinosaurs and shit. Mm-hmm. Um, this included continents like Africa, South America, Antarctica, Zealandia, Arabia, and the Indian co- subcontinent. Hmm. Fun fact, Zealandia is a submerged continent about the size of Australia, which is fucking huge. Yeah, that's really big. Um, there is a small bit of it above the land, above sea level, 
Mm-hmm. And that's what we know as New Zealand. Hmm. Yeah. So it's not really new. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> they just, they were like, well. I thought about looking into it and I was like, we got to stay on track. <laughs> yeah. No, we're really bad at this. That's a little late for that. Um, so anyways, Madagascar would separate from the supercontinent by a water channel about 25, uh, uh, 250 miles wide. During this time, it is possible that there are small island masses between the continent and Madagascar. Um, and these small islands would later submerge into the ocean as the two larger land masses would move away from each other. Hmm. So the theory is that the ancestor to today's lemurs or primates would have floated on like a leaf or some sort of like raft of vegetation. Or a refrigerator door. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They, like, cut down some logs and tied them together with some vines. Yep. Um, Where else are... And they would, they would ride these rafts to the small islands and eventually make it to Madagascar, hmm. um, where they would basically evolve in isolation. Clever girl. Clever girls. So why is lemurs lemurs? Why is they? The next part is sourced from an old newsletter called Lemur News, published in 2011-2012. Full disclosure, this is one of the sources from Wikipedia, but I just, instead of just taking it from Wikipedia, I actually like went into the source and read it. So in volume 16, there's a section or chapter labeled Giant Rabbit Marmosets and British Comedies, Etymology of Lemur Names, Part 1. And in that section, there's another section labeled Family Lemuridae. Lemur Day. I don't fucking know. Lemur Day. Lemur Day. Which is where this information comes from. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyways, the, the term lemur is credited to Carl Linnaeus. Mm. Like we were saying, if by chance you were like, wait, who the fuck? Carl, remember in the spider episodes, uh, and then very briefly in the dinosaur episode, we mentioned Carl Linnaeus, an old science guy from the 1700s. He's the founder of modern binomial nomenclature and is known as the, quote, father of taxonomy, unquote. Binomial nomenclature, binomial nomenclature, Mm -hmm. being a system of naming organisms using the genus as the first name and the species as the second. For example, like in the previous dinosaur episode, we have Tyrannosaurus rex. Tyrannosaurus being genus, rex being the species. His zoological nomenclature would be introduced in the 10th edition of the Systema Naturae, Natura? Fuck, like, Latin. I was just about to say, you're getting a little better. Am I? Do you know Latin? And then you went and fucked yourself over. (laughs) And then I, like, did a whole fucking episode where it was nothing but Latin shit. Mm -hmm. Because (laughs) it's all Roman shit. Uh, uh, Systema Naturae? N-A-T-U-R-A-E. It's N- that A-E that fucks me up at the end that I can never pronounce. Nature? Nature. Published in 1758. The book was a list of around 10,000 species of organisms and their scientific classifications, which we talked about with the whole taxonomy thing. Mm-hmm. Um, this included animals and plants. So I think scientists today kind of giggle at it because we are well over 10,000. <laughs> mm-hmm. In both. <laughs> right. So Carl was like really into Latin, girl. Uh, it was the language of science, 
but he also just loved the language. Mm-hmm. He would specifically gain inspiration for the name Lemur from Roman authors Virgil and Ovid, hmm. who would write about Lemuria and the exorcism of Lemuris. Lemurs, or Lemuris meaning spirit of the dead, or Lemurs, I should say, means spirit of the dead. There's a difference in the spelling. Lemuris is L Lemuris is L E M U R E S, and then Lemurs is just L E M U R S. But lemurs means spirit of the dead. We'll definitely get into that in a second, but let's finish up with Carl first. Carl. Carl would use this term lemur in his catalog of the Museum of King Adolf Frederick of Sweden hmm. um, and would only label one primate as the genus lemur, the red slender loris, which isn't labeled a lemur anymore, but we'll, we'll go over that in a minute. He noted in his catalog that he named the loris a lemur because they moved around at night, moved like humans, but were really slow. Hmm. Like a ghost? <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm not I'm not sure. I'm not sure about a ghost. Maybe ghosts had different <laughs> hmm. looks back then. Maybe it wasn't like a whole like white sheet. Uh kind of thing. I don't know. I, I feel like it stayed pretty pretty true. Um, but if you ever look at a picture of a slow loris. <laughs> well, I was about to say, is, is this red loris that we're talking about? Is that the same as a slow loris? The, uh, I'm sorry, a red slender loris. Slender loris, yeah. They are creepy little fuckers. <laughs> yeah. Like, think of like the horror movies with like like people that crawl up walls. Mm-hmm. It's like that shit. <laughs> what is it called again? Red slender loris. I I, I'm posting two pictures of the Slender Loris on the Instagram. The first one's kind of cute. The second one is not so cute. It is creepy. You can see like its muscle definition and it's like scrawny little legs. It's it's like, oh, and its eyes are kind of glazed over. Like it's creepy. It's really creepy. I don't know. He looks kind of cute. Look for one where he's like, he's like actively moving. That's when it gets fucked up. Yeah, well. <laughs> like when it's all like bundled bizarre. up, it's like, oh, cute. And then it starts crawling and you're like, ah. <laughs> aren't they, um, aren't they like venomous? The slow lorises. Slow loris. And I don't know if it's one of those like, it's not that it's like venomous or poisonous. It's just that like, it's just nasty. <laughs> it's just nasty. <laughs> it's just the nasty little monkey. It's just unhygienic. I don't know, maybe. Maybe it is kind of poisonous. I, I'm not sure. Hmm. I don't know. The From a certain angle, its face almost looks kind of like a tanuki. Mm. Like, that looks that looks a little like a tanuki. It's like a fox or a mouse. Yeah. Wow. Wow. All right. Um, Interesting. So, that that's his... That's him writing in this book. Like, they move slow... <laughs> they kind of look like humans and they are nocturnal. I don't know what humans he's been looking at. I don't okay. yeah. <laughs> um some speculate that the name was given because of their ghostly appearance. Eye shine, which we learned about in the spider episode. Mm-hmm. Ghostly cries, which oh dang, I meant to look up a video of one of them like screeching. Just so I knew what that meant. They, um Yeah, I've I've seen a, a video or two of them making noises, and yeah, they do. They do like creepy little a weird noises. Wine. Um, and added silent movements. Um, 
But additional speculation states that maybe Carl was aware of the local Madagascar legends where the lemurs are the souls of ancestors. But I feel like if that were the case, he probably would have noted it in his little explanation about them being like weird and slow. Mm. I don't know. People from way back when respected different bits of information differently. (laughs) I discovered this animal. (laughs) Nobody else has ever perceived this animal except for me. None of the native people who live on this land. (laughs) These people have this belief about this animal, but it's not as cool as mine. (laughs) It's called a lemur. (laughs) Anyways, Carl's book is published, The System Naturae. And the lemur genus gains a few more species, specifically the ring-tailed lemur and the Philippine flying lemur. Later down the line, more species would be added to the lemur genus, and the loris and flying lemur would be moved to a different genus. So the loris is not considered a lemur anymore. Right. It's a loris. Get it right. A loris, of course. A loris, of course. (laughs) Of course. Uh, so finally, what the hell is Lemuria? Okay. Do, do tell. No, okay. That wasn't as exciting. What? Um, I want to get all serious and spooky for a minute. So like when you go back to edit this mm-hmm. part, can you like put some like, like spooky wind? <laughs> you know what I mean? When Hesperus, the evening star, has shown his lovely face, three times from that day, and the defeated stars fled Phoebus, it will be the ancient sacred rites of the Lemuria, when we make offerings to the voiceless spirits. Ovid Book 5, May 9th, the Lemuria. Wow. Um, today we get a lot of the information on what Lemuria was for the Romans from the poet Ovid. Also, before we go on, Lemuria is also the name of a possible like continent that was in the Indian and Pacific Oceans, and it's considered a lost civilization. <laughs> hmm. It seems really cool, um, but that's another day. Hmm. Uh, before we get to the Lemuria, because I, I can't just get to the point, <laughs> mm-hmm. I want to talk about Ovid. Ovid. So Ovid is short for Publius Ovidius Nasso. I'm glad they shortened it. <laughs> <laughs> I was caught by Nasso. Like, Nasso people. Nasso people. Nasso people. It all comes back to Nanaland. And when we put episodes up on YouTube, you got to put a, just a flash a little picture of Nana. I will. I will. Um, I Hold on. Just to like further diverge. Speaking of Nana's. <laughs> I was I was about to leave the gym today and um Steve uh texted me. I was like I I left before him so I was like hey I'm I'm heading out. I'll see you tomorrow. And he was like all right cool. I'll see you and he meant to type uh manana but <laughs> but nana. But well but his phone like didn't do it right the first time and then he did it again but it didn't do it right the second time and the second time he typed uh, manana. Manana. <laughs> or like manana. I read it. Do do do. I read it as manana. Manana. So I just sent him a picture of a banana. 
why. Anyway. Great. Mm-hmm. Ovid was born March 20th, 43 BC in Sulmo, which is now known as Sulmona and is about 90 miles from Rome. Ovid was set up by his father to become a lawyer and was sent to a school to do so. But after a short time writing judicial posts, Ovid decided he would dedicate his life to poetry, which his dad was like super supportive of. Super. I'm just kidding. So luckily for Ovid, though, he was actually a very popular poet. Hmm. Uh, Some of his books. His first and probably most successful work is The Metamorphoses. Mm -hmm. Um, You say that like you know? I'm familiar. Really? Familiar with the text. Oh. Oh. See, I was writing this up and I was like, I wonder if Taylor is going to like know some of this stuff. Mm -hmm. I, yeah, well, I've not read it. It's, it's pretty dense but it's a it's a well-known text. yeah for sure mm-hmm. um so it's an epic poem made up of all the mythological tales based on themes of change mm-hmm. uh this collection of stories would influence writers in the middle ages and the renaissance um there's a there writers and artists there's a ton of paintings having to do with his works mm-hmm. um paintings of him specifically artist renditions mm-hmm. of of him and that kind of thing um, another popular work of his was Ars Amatoria, or The Art of Love in English. Hmm. Um, this one was all about the arts of seduction and love. Nice. Uh, the wiki description in this is really funny. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so there's three books in this collection of The Art of Love. This first one is to men. And it's all about how to find a lover in cool places like all the theaters and all the like cool, like hip young places, mm-hmm. um, how to get a girl to notice you and how to time everything just right so her friends like you too. Hmm. The second book is still for men. This is all about like gift giving, how to groom, appearances, how to talk to a girl and all while telling like random mythology tales. Like every now and then like a god or like a deity will like chime in be like yeah brush your hair <laughs> okay i don't know the third book this one's for the ladies the way i'm in like interpreting it is like this but he's like damn you women you're too good at this and i'm still gonna write this for you even though it's gonna undo all of my work i did for the men in the past two books <laughs> it's like what's this new trend of like angry compliments yeah. have you seen that <laughs> damn you being so fine yeah so he writes like again how to keep up appearances how they should be reading and playing games and flirting with everybody and sleeping with people of all ages hmm. and at the end of the books ovid's like tell everybody about me <laughs> <laughs> i gave you all this information you better tell motherfucker <laughs> Tell your friends. <laughs> Tell your friends. Um, and then he's exiled. Around 8 AD, Ovid was exiled from exiled to Thomas. Because too many men bought his book <laughs> expecting to become lady killers. Well, wait a minute. And it didn't work. Wait a minute. Which is now known as Constanta in Romania. And all of the sources that I found are all positive that this place was like a shithole. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. All of the historians are like, it fucking sucked. <laughs> oh, don't waste your time. 
Like it, like it's just this shitty little fishing town on the Dead Sea. Like all of them are positive this place fucking sucked. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. <laughs> Jeez. Um. So he attempted to appease the emperor uh, of the time with other poems that he would write, but Emperor Augustus would ignore him, and Ovid would stay in exile until his death in 1780. Hmm. Technically, we have no record of his exile. It's really just based on his writings. In one of his work, Trista, which is sorrows in English, he writes about his exiles and letters to his friends and family. Um, the collection of poems is, he vaguely refers to his ex- exile being of Carmen and an error. Carmen meaning a song or poem and an error being just that, an error. Some scholars think that maybe he was referring to his previous work, The Art of Love, because he was telling women to like sleep around basically and like Mm -hmm. in their in their minds quote-unquote committing adultery Mm -hmm. um but that seems like a stretch to some people because that was written like eight years previously so it seems a bit weird like time wise Mm -hmm. that he would get like in trouble for that since it was eight years ago Mm -hmm. um I i would imagine the what is it the statue of limitations would be a lot different then than it is now i don't know i just think of like how information is transferred like nowadays it's like instantaneous mm-hmm. but back then it's like how how did he even it, it's just people it's just scribe like it's mm-hmm. just people writing these books out and sharing them amongst themselves so it's like how fast a how fast is this being like written how fast is it getting to people's hands and how fast are people reading it to transfer to other people's hands mm-hmm I don't it does it take eight years to get this book around town and everybody's like, hey <laughs> I don't like how he told women to be fucking cool. <laughs> I don't I don't like I don't like that. Um the other theory is that maybe he saw or knew something he shouldn't. He never expressed the reason for his exile, but it seemed that he implies it it seems that he implies that maybe he had something that he, he, he saw something that he shouldn't have. Um, in the wiki for Ovid, it is mentioned that around the time he was exiled, so were the grandchildren of Emperor Augustus, their names being Julia the Younger and Agrippa Post- Postumus. Agrippa Postumus. Agrippa Postumus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's why he was <laughs> exiled. <laughs> you have a stupid name. <laughs> that's why he's... Well, he's been... He's been gripping too many posthumous. <laughs> too many posthumous, especially Julia the Younger's. So Julia's husband was put to death due to conspiracy against Augustus. And it seems like the grandchildren were also wrapped up in the case along with Ovid. Another theory kind of wraps the two ideas together and connect to his words of his, isles be, his exile being of Carmen and error. Maybe he saw some illicit affair among the nobles. Or maybe even more scandalous, the emperor himself. That would relate back to his poems on love affairs, but also the error of looking where he shouldn't have. And final, a final theory is that he was just a little unhinged and went by himself mm-hmm. as like method acting. <laughs> I was literally this whole time thinking and I was like, nah, that's stupid. I'm not going to say it. And it'll just get us off track and whatever. But now that you've brought it up, well, and some scholars think that, like, there's one dude who really is, like, into that theory, and then there are other scholars that are like, I don't know, man, because, like, he wouldn't have just not completed 
Fasti, which is the festivals in English, it, mm. another collection of books. Like he, he wouldn't just leave that. I mean, but I'm also like, <laughs> I leave shit undone all the time. I, I just imagine him, like, like a like a quarter of a mile behind a big rock or something, like just outside of town, and everyone can. See, it's like that scene from. Uh, no, this is exactly what it is. It's that scene from Nacho Libre <laughs> where Jack Black leaves the um, the convent <laughs> and he's like out in the wilderness like kicking around and like rubbing like animal shit on his chest <laughs> and just like doing stuff. <laughs> and his friend comes to find him and, and he's like, how did you find me here? And he went, we could see you from the village. And people are waving like not even 30 feet away. Hey. And he's like, oh, I see. <laughs> like, like that's what I imagine. This guy is just out behind a rock somewhere like, they've exiled me. Yeah. And I will never go back. Writing oh, to his wife. <laughs> woe is me, error, yeah. error. And people the are emperor like, wrote right back to me. Yeah. And people are like, how long has uh, Ovid been yeah. been over there it's been, been about a week now i've been stranded in exile <laughs> yeah. for for 40 years at this point and they're like it's not been 40 years no <laughs> he does die in exile though yeah, well. so maybe they found him behind that rock one day. Uh, it's maybe um so speaking of fasty the the book of festivals let's talk about it so Oops. ovid was super ambitious <laughs> and decided to write a long poem as a collection of books that would be dedicated to the months of the pagan Roman calendar. Hmm. Uh, this collection would be called Fasti. So each month he would write elegiac, elegiac couplets about the different events and festivals that took place during that time. Hmm. Really quick. Elegiac couplets are a type of poetic form. So each couplet would consist of a dactylitic hexameter verse followed by a dactylitic pentameter verse i was having a lot of trouble wrapping my head around this but basically there's two lines first line has an amount of syllables in a rhythm that has a rising action the second line has an amount of syllables in a rhythm that has a falling quality so if i had two lines of text it'd be like da na 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 da na 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 Something similar to that. Mm -hmm. Not not that rhythm in those syllables specifically, but the rising action and the falling mm -hmm. action are what I'm trying to get at here. Elegiac can also refer to or involve an elegy or something that is expressing mournfulness or sorrow. Mm. Um, anyways, back to the book. The events would be described using an astronomical and agricultural information and would be narrated in first person by the vates, vates, meaning poet-prophet or bard. All the big-time Roman deities would make an appearance, and the origins of the Roman holidays would be told. Hmm. He would also emphasize, quote-unquote, he would also, quote, emphasize unsavory popular traditions of the festivals, imbuing the poem with the popular plebeian flavor which some have interpreted as subversive to the Augustine, Augustine legislation, unquote. That's a quote from Wiki. <laughs> mm -hmm. But basically, he'd get onto the juicy pagan details about the festivals that appealed to common people and maybe not so much the elite. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, just like we went over, Fasti was not finished due to his exile. The volumes would stop at six and only go through months January to June. It's possible that the book was initially dedicated to the Emperor Augustus, but he would die in 1480. So it was then dedicated to Germanicus, which was a fuck. I should have written this out. I think he was like a really high ranking like general mm-hmm. under the emperor. Scholars think it was dedicated to them because he was just trying to get back into the good graces of the emperor and like politics so he could come back. So yeah, now the part that we've been waiting for, Lemuria. Yeah. So in book five, he goes over the month of May. And starting on May 9th, 11th, and 13th, we have Lemuria. That little poem that I read mm-hmm. a little while ago, um, that's the start of May 9th. Uh, I read from two different translations, and they were more or less the same, just different words and emphasis on different details. One being on theoi.com, T-H-E-O-I.com, and the other from poetryintranslation.com. So on these three days, the living would do a ritual to exercise any malicious ghosts from their home. In Latin, they're called limeres. The limeres were ghosts that died a premature, very gruesome and violent death or were not given proper rights at their death. So just angry ghost. Limeres is sometimes synonymous with the word larvae. Um, larvae being ghosts as well, but maybe like to a lesser hateful degree. <laughs> okay. Um, but larvae is also the offspring of insects that could make a home for themselves inside the bodies of plants or animals. Um, kind of like how a bad ghost could infest a house. Hmm. Interesting. So that's kind of an interesting... I think that's more of a like a today's view of the words because like I don't think in like ancient Roman times they were like, larvae is like a bug... <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah, maybe. I don't know. Mayonnaise. 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 Mayonnaise, M-A-N-E-S, is another word for ghost or ancestor, but without a lot of the negative baggage. Hmm. I think mayonnaise is... Mayonnaise? Mayonnaise? (laughs) Mayonnaise? Is is more like ancestor than it is ghost. Hmm. Like it has a bit of a more like... Um, a little bit larger mm-hmm. kind of feeling. Um, I hear all the different words for for all this stuff, and then hearing it simplified into this and that, it just it brings me back to like my English days where mm-hmm. they were like, okay, now we're gonna use uh, ethos, pathos, and logos, and it's like, and people had a really hard time like keeping them separated. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like what you what you think, what you feel, feel. and then you're like logic, logic, your reason, yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's like it's that kind of stuff where it's just trying to like distill mm-hmm. what it is, something easy and well. And what's really what was really frustrating for me in doing the research for this is that I kept trying to like find a Latin translator, mm-hmm. and that's why I had to use the two different sources for like the actual poems because the words just change. Mm -hmm. Like this dude's saying this, this dude says it says this. Mm -hmm. There's just so many different translations. Speaking of, this is really exciting. There is a recent retran, like new translation being made of, fuck, one of the like 
more better known stories like like old latin stories like homer Mm -hmm. odyssey i think it's the odyssey Mm -hmm. um and a woman is translating it because Mm -hmm. previously the older translations are very um misogynistic Mm -hmm. and so this newer translation being done by a female or somebody who identifies as female is is a little bit more true to form not to say that there won't be misogyny. I don't know that for sure. But I think what the article I was reading or whatever the post I saw was implying is that it was with the translation, whoever translated it was putting a lot of like today's values into those translations hmm. where, or not today's, but of that time's values into the translation. So this new person translating it is kind of taking a, more like step back and not implying a lot of the like cult- cultural things that we believe today right into it hmm. Interesting. yeah anyways i'm i'm kind of excited to see how that like changes the way that we understand the story hmm. so where was i so ovid describes the origins of this festival but scholars are skeptical of his explanation it's difficult to refute though since this is like one of the only sources of the information that we have from this time. Um, But Ovid explains that the holiday begins as the day to honor Remus. Remus, as in Remus in Romulus, Mm -hmm. as in the twin brothers whose lives led to the founding of the city of Rome. They were taken taken care of by... uh, Wait a minute. Right? Stop. Yes. Yeah. So... Let's Romulus and Remus' story. That's not a spoiler. <laughs> it is a spoiler. People should know this. Um, but this is gonna be like super abridged. Mm-hmm. Like super abridged and chopped. Um, so twins, Romulus and Remus, are born, and I guess that they're just like some dope ass babies because King Am- Amulius is like super threatened by them and they're abandoned on the bank of the Tiber River to die. But the god of the river, Ty- Tiburnus, Tiberinus is like, God help these babies, and helps them to survive. This location that this happens in is said to be the location that Rome was later built upon. So the twins are then taken in by a she-wolf, and she raises them. If you've ever seen that sculpture of a wolf and the two babies underneath her, like, suckling, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's Romulus and Remus, the babies. Yeah, that's what I think of every time I, yes. I think of Yes. Um, so the twins grow up all strong and are caught up in some political disputes and overthrow the king that initially threw them out, but not without like a harrowing rescue plot and unveiling of true identities. So after the adventure, the boys return to building their own kingdom, but they can't come to an agreement on where to build the Palatine Hill or the Aventine Hill. Unfortunately, this argument would lead to Remus being murdered and Romulus would go on to found the city of Rome's and all its institutions, government, military and religious traditions. Romulus would later create the holiday Remuria. Does it sound familiar? Oh, so you, you're not going to name the city after your dead brother, <laughs> but you'll name a holiday after him. No, I get the city. So uh-huh. <laughs> this is a feast that would be held in remembrance for Remus and his death. Mm-hmm. But according to Ovid, it seems that Romulus was being haunted by the vengeful spirit of his twin brother and sought to appease him by having this feast. We don't exactly know how, but at some point, the R in Remuria is changed to L, and Lemuria is created. Hmm. The word lemurs is derived from the holiday name, 
Because if Remus was actually hunting Romulus, that would make him a lemurs. A lemurace. A, le- a lemurs. A lemur. Remus is a lemur. <laughs> Remus. Lemus. So the day... Sp- so the day switched from acknowledging the vengeful spirit of Remus to acknowledging and exercising the vengeful spirits of past family members and ancestors. Hmm. So how do we get these nasty ghosts out of our houses? We do a ritual. Yeah. So to get rid of these angry ghosts, first at the stroke of midnight, the patriarch of the house would get up and washes his hands in spring water. Then he makes a hand gesture similar to how the T looks in American Sign Language. Mm-hmm. And I, I guess he just does that. It doesn't, he doesn't go into like what he does with his hand. He just says, he just makes the hand gesture. And then you got to have some black beans. And you take the beans and you throw them behind you. <laughs> mm-hmm. Just handfuls. You just take them. Don't look at the beans. Just, just throw them behind you. Just handful, toss them behind you. It, it's to distract the ghosts and get their attention because apparently... I'm distracted, so it must work on ghosts. <laughs> the, apparently, the ghosts like food that's black. Mm. I thought you were going to say they like beans. They like beans. <laughs> why they like beans. That's why they stinky sometimes. They like beans. <laughs> yeah. uh, so while the beans are being thrown, the patriarch recites nine times, Heik ego mito, his remedio mech mask fabus and then in english that means i send these with these beans i redeem me and mine the patriarch then washes his hands again and the rest of the family starts banging bronze pots and pans together while reciting again nine times manes exite paterni which in english is ghosts of my fathers and ancestors be gone only then can he look back and the ritual is done. And and that's it. Beans and all. Beans. <laughs> Who knows? Who's, who's news that beans is, were so powerful? The beans. Yeah. Wow. All we right. eat so many black beans in this house. And you're always worried about ghosts. And I'm you so worried be. about ghosts. It's because they're trying to get inside of me to well, eat the black beans. Well, <laughs> your fart should keep them away. <laughs> Your black bean. <laughs> no, they like them because they like the black beans. That's gross. <laughs> <laughs> Every time I fart, I summon a ghost. <laughs> <laughs> and if you don't summon it, you at least entice it. Oh, what was that? It's a ghost. <laughs> I'm just going to start saying that. It's a ghost. It was the ghost. It was the ghost. The ghost made me do it. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah, and that's it. That's that's my story. That was all over the place yeah (laughs) yeah it's interesting though so recently i i don't know (laughs) i don't know how this started because i knew the whole lemur thing Mm -hmm. and whatever what dredged this up initially aside from the whole tarot thing that we started with is that i found this jacket at a thrift store that i really liked but it had something on the back, so I wanted to make it like a patch jacket. It had it had some like national like cheer cheerleading. competition. Yeah, but it was a really cool like black and white like school jacket. Like it was really cool and it fit me perfectly. Like mm-hmm. it was clean. It was fine. So how the fuck did I get to this? I, I don't even remember. Like it was just the moment of like something hit me in the head and then I was like, I'm it. 
I Lemuria. <laughs> and so I I started putting this jacket together and making patches and I I printed like skulls of a lemur and I like patched that to the jacket and then I mm-hmm. I also had this idea of like incorporating the death card from tarot so I painted the rose that's on the death card. It's mm-hmm. like the white rose that's on the flag. Mm. Um so I I painted that on a piece of oh, black canvas. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I've seen, obviously, I've seen the the jacket, but mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know all the symbolism. Yeah. So the black beans make sense now. Right. Yeah. So when I pulled you in, and I was like, "Does this look like beans?" When <laughs> <laughs> it looks like a vagina. <laughs> <laughs> and you went, "No, no, no. There's beans that's gonna go in there." And I was like, "Why would you put beans in a vagina?" <laughs> Invitation for the ghost. Right. <laughs> yeah. Summon <laughs> some invitation. Summon the demons. Um, um Yeah, no, the black beans make sense. The flower makes sense. Yep. And the little skull, that's a red loris skull. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, the little like sections of the skull. And then you've got the um the, the Latin characters and stuff. I embroidered the Latin sayings. Mm-hmm. And then the zero five, nine, eleven, thirteen, that's May 9th, eleventh, and thirteenth. Oh wow. Um, I also incorporated the death card because of the number 13, Mm -hmm. um, which is the number of the death card. So who out there do you think would look at your jacket and go, oh my God, it's Lemuria. (laughs) That's, that's kind of the like cool thing about the jacket Mm -hmm. though. And and like it makes me want to do like a collection of these mm-hmm. where it's almost like a puzzle mm-hmm. where it's like you look up maybe like the serial number that's written on the skull and then you look that up and then you realize that that skull is like a red a red slender loris mm-hmm. and so then you're like why is this and then you figure out that it was the first it was first like under the lemur genus Mm. and then it's like well what does lemur have to do with death and stuff and then you find lemures and then it leads Mm -hmm. you to lemuria that'd be interesting yeah right and then it's got like the beans and you can be like what the fuck does pea pods have to do with this you could do you could do some dog hair merch maybe it's a lot of work it is because that's just one jacket or maybe yeah that's a lot of work for one jacket a one-time thing yeah make them special so yeah, I'll I'll post a picture. Yeah. Of it. It'll be the last picture in the lineup. Um It is a pretty sweet jacket. Yeah, I really like it. It came out really nice. Mm-hmm. I'm very proud of it. Very cool. Mm-hmm. I call it the beans jacket. <laughs> the beans of all the shit on the back of it, you call it the beans the jacket. The beans jacket. Well, because I was telling people at work and and one of them was like, That's really cool, but like beans. <laughs> yeah beans and so then i every now and then i'd bring it up to be like i wonder if this would look cool or i wonder if i could do this and then but they would never know what i was talking about so i'd be like the bean jacket (laughs) the beans the bean jacket (laughs) very good yeah So, anyways, do you want to do maybe a doggy horoscope? Do we have time? Yeah, we got time. Yeah? Do you want to pull that up? Yeah. Yeah. This one's Mela's. Oh. Mela! So, Mela's horoscope. 
We're going to do uh, money horoscopes. Mela, this is very important. We're talking about your finances. Grudgingly trotting in here. <laughs> Hello. We're here to talk about your finances. Are you listening? Your fiances. Pay attention. My fiance. Your fiance. All right. So, Mela's money horoscope. Uh, this week is about the activity in your house of debt. Mela. <laughs> if you've been meaning to make a payment plan for some overdue bills, by all means, call and get it started. If you need to ask for a new interest rate on your credit card, you have the support to get that done now. The universe insists that you act and not leave things to chance. It's no laughing matter. Mela, the horoscope just told you that you need to transfer all of your credit card debt to another bank. It'll work in your favor. It'll be fine. Yeah. You'll get a better in- interest rate. You'll you'll not have to pay uh, interest for the first uh 18 to 24 months. Yeah, you can get your shit together, pay off some of it. And then they're going to slam you. <laughs> <laughs> so, Mela has to transfer debt. She didn't want to hear it. She walked Yeah, off. Mela left. She's like, this is fucking stupid. What debt does Mela have? Other than debt to us for fucking feeding her for <laughs> 10 years. Picking up her poop. Um. All right. Charlie's Charlie, listen. Aries money. Mm-hmm. Um, this week you have planets facing off in the sky with spears and shields and and napalm. What? <laughs> Taylor, just read. I just added that. <laughs> um, each wanting its own way. The activity falls in the area of your chart associated with makeovers. You're changing so much now that you may not be able to keep up with it. It's all for a great cause, namely. You. I don't know what any of that just said. She's she's trying to to like redo her life. She's trying to give herself a little makeover, zhuzh herself up a little bit, but she's spending too much in the process. You are living beyond your means. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's for a good cause, but yeah, you spending, you spending. Do girl. you think Mela and Charlie share a credit card, and that's why Mela has all the debt? Because Charlie just <laughs> takes it. Yeah. Because <laughs> Charlie's like sprees. on her next like manic episode where she's like, I'm a new person. I'm a changed person. Mm-hmm. I need to buy these new pants. I need to buy these. These suit my identity right now. Yeah. And these are me right now. It won't be me tomorrow, but they're me right now. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. This is painfully relatable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is for Aries, though. This isn't for I know. Aquarius. We can do yours. No, I'm fine. For money? No, <laughs> I'm good. I don't need to know anything about this. All right, then. Yeah. Well. Not you looking at your own. <laughs> stuff. Uh, well, I want to stop reading. It's telling me to look for another job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It. Yeah. Well. It's rough, but I can stick it out. It's okay. It's fine. It'll get better. All right. All right. Let's end this. It's done. We've we've meandered far too long on this episode. Yeah, that's pretty chill. Pretty chill episode. Yeah. First episode back after after taking a little little breather, a little break for yeah. the holidays. Yeah. I don't have a beer. I have a tea. So 
I'm pretty chill. Mm-hmm. I'm not as manic. You're not as manic. Yeah. That's something. That's something to be said. Yeah. So, anywho, welcome back. It's nice to be recording again. Yep. Hopefully, by this time, I will have the YouTube set up. I'll have a couple of the episodes the YouTube available on YouTube. Nothing crazy, just the audio with mm-hmm. a like stationary background. Yeah. Just trying to make things a bit more accessible for people. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, go ahead. Hop over to YouTube. Follow us there if you can. It'll give you maybe a quicker notification than, say, like on Spotify or anything else. So, yeah. Yep. Let's end it. Goodbye. Uh. <laughs> <laughs>